0: I'm here.
1: You're here. Even though
0: you can't see me,
1: you're, you're invisible.
0: Yes, <laughs> my Halloween costume. Check it
1: out. <laughs> it's a really good one. It is. It's the best Halloween costume I've never seen. <laughs>
0: And welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Erin Green,
1: and I am Michael Gray.
0: Good morning.
1: Good morning. How are you? Your
0: your shoulders are dancing. They must be happy.
1: Yeah, you know what's happening is
0: <laughs>
1: because I like do the editing, you know, and stuff, and so I'm always putting the music oh. in here, and so I was hearing the music in my head, and I was like, oh wait, that's not actually playing.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just grooving.
1: Like Just bum, grooving bum, the music. Bum,
0: bum, bum. Yeah. It's a happy upbeat tone. I think I like and it. And I will give you credit for that because I believe you kind of made that final decision. We had narrowed it down to several Did I? little jingles and you were like, <clears throat> "I really like this one." And I was like, "Okay, sweet. I don't have to I don't have to like grapple with this anymore.
1: That's a good one. Let's do it." Yeah, it sets a good I tone, like I think, for for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's upbeat but not silly, you know. It's got some good. We're I didn't silly plan enough. This at all. We're silly enough, guys. Okay. We don't enough, need, yeah. okay.
0: <laughs> we don't need we the music like, to do it for us.
1: Carnival music. This would be off the rails. Yeah, uh, but it's got some nice editing spots too, which I didn't plan on, which worked out well for me because I don't really yeah. know much about editing. So because helpful. But you yeah. do
0: you do a great job. Everybody, can we get a round of applause for the good thank job you. that Michael thank does you. with the editing? Because thank you. I've had to edit I think a grand total of one podcast and it was really hard. But I also edited I edited the entire interview and so it was yeah, like picking different. pieces out and it took it was a big project. Thankfully I didn't have anything else going on and I think it was winter so I couldn't even ride my bike. So yeah. um it worked out. But yeah, yeah. good job, Michael. Well,
1: th- I appreciate that, but also like I do very little. Like I mean, I don't know. We may have said this before, but like, we literally like whatever happens, unless it's like a big break, like I have to go to the bathroom or something. Like there's a big pause. Yeah. We'll cut that out. Otherwise there's no editing. If anything, there's no ads, oh, take this out or move this. It's just like, we start recording and we stop recording and that's the episode. <laughs>
0: that's it. It's real that's life it. folks. We're all about yeah. being real.
1: So all I'm really doing is like putting music on either end and a little logo. It's Pretty simple, but thank you anyway. I will take it. You're
0: welcome. You're welcome. You still do it. You get it I done. I still do it. That's get true. Get it posted. Get it done.
1: Get her done. So,
0: thank you, everybody, for continuing to listen to us. Mm-hmm. I always enjoy hearing people that say they listen to the podcast, and I had no idea that these people have listened to the podcast, and there a, yeah. a lot of people are discovering us now, and we're almost at episode one hundred, and so they're going back through you know three years of almost Mm -hmm. of podcasts and and listening to these different topics and it's actually really fun to refer people back to different episodes and be like hey you know give this one a listen this is really i think this will be helpful based on our conversation Mm -hmm. so so thank you listeners for for doing that and for passing us along to your friends and for passing us us on (laughs) sharing us on social media wink wink
1: (laughs) nudge nudge
0: thank you for rating us on whatever podcast (laughs) yeah wink wink um we appreciate you thank you for supporting us oh we have a new supporter i want to give a shout out Mm -hmm. Mm. i want to give a shout out to ellie kennedy she is a new supporter of middleish thank you so much ellie for being a supporter Awesome. And she, I just spoke with her yesterday actually. And she was like, oh yeah. And you guys have talked about this on your podcast and you've talked about this. Oh, and I remember this episode where you talked about this and I was like, whoa, you really are devouring these.
1: podcasts.' That's awesome. Yeah. Yay. Thank you, Uh, Ellie. And if you want to be awesome, like Ellie, you don't have to be, it's okay. You can, you can just stay where you are, but if you want to be awesome, like Ellie, you can support us too. And we really appreciate that. So, yeah, there'll be a link in the show notes to do that. So no pressure, but go do it right now. Yeah, <laughs> thanks again, Ellie. You're so awesome. so <laughs>
0: awesome, yeah, um, so today is a little mini snack pod and snack pod. going along with our theme of chasing the perfect diet, which mm-hmm. i I think this is this topic is probably, the the number one thing that people expect me as a dietitian to give them is the the magic answer the perfect right. way of eating and it's it's kind of a hard truth that i'm yeah. like well <laughs> there's no actual easy answer here
1: it's kind of like, what's the real secret now that I'm working with you? What's yes. the real secret that no you one can will tell, tell me you for free? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've had many of those exactly. conversations. It's like,
0: exactly. Or nothing. how do you eat? <laughs> Michael, tell me what <clears throat> you do mm-hmm. since you yeah. have all the knowledge and all the, right. and it's, it's often a surprise when I tell people like, well, I just eat. Normal, like I remember telling my friend years ago, she was my hairdresser at the time, and so we had hours to sit and you know visit about random things. Mm -hmm. And I would, she was really interested because I was training and racing professionally at the time, and she was like, "So I just, I'm really curious, like what a typical day is like for you with eating." And so I told her, and she goes, "Huh? So you (laughs) basically just eat like a normal person, just a little bit more." and i was like yeah that's kind of that's kind of yeah. how it goes and yeah but i mean what's normal these days you know
1: right it's kind of like we actually say <laughs> like it's good. And, yeah and i i get why why people would be like mistrusting of that because i think it's very common like on social media for people to promote certain ways of eating and then behind the scenes it's like super unhealthy not unhealthy and like you know, fast food and that kind of stuff, but like very low calorie, like, like very disordered eating, lots of fear around Mm -hmm. things, lots of, you know, going hungry, like that kind of stuff. I think that is like way more common than, than we realize. And, and, and I think the case is because there's, there's been a, a real push, I think, or a, a real big movement in like intuitive eating, like getting away from, um you know real hard and fast rules around eating it's not gone by any means i'd say that's still the majority of stuff that's out there but i think there's a real good shift with a lot of people of hey this is really causing a lot of issues but the problem is is even if you move with that trend if you haven't like figured that stuff out for yourself then that's all you know right Mm -hmm. and if your business model hinges on you continually posting pictures of your abs and being really lean and having this quote unquote ideal body, then you're going to keep doing whatever you have to do to keep that money coming. Right. And so it's, I think a lot of people kind of get this weird situation where like they see the benefit they see, or even if they're just following a trend, which happens too, but then just within themselves, it's like, there's, there's no work or awareness around how these things negatively impact them. And they just continue to do the things that are making them Right. That that
0: bring them an audience or that they, they know how to promote and sell. And, and let's just take a moment to think about the people who are often looking for that quote, perfect diet. Mm -hmm. A big part of it is weight loss and physique. Mm -hmm. Like you said, like posting these six pack abs and this is what I do and this is how you do it. And this is what keto does for you, or this is what eating vegan did for me or whatever. Their thing is that they're promoting. But I've also seen it, unfortunately, in areas of like, you know, cancer or, you know, a a chronic illness or an autoimmune disorder or disease where people are receive this new diagnosis and all of a sudden they go down the rabbit hole of, oh, well, if I eat this way, if I avoid all additives, it's going to cure me. Or if I eat raw foods no cooked foods if i just do a raw diet that's going to cure me if i go dairy free gluten free if i eat you know only organic if i mean all of these things yeah. name your your trend or right. or your selling point i it really burns me that the mm-hmm. recipients of this message tend to be the people who actually need to just you know figure out a sustainable way to eat and Mm. nourish their bodies. And I'm not saying that there aren't nuances in those areas. Like there's, there's definitely some different things Mm. that can, you know, help people through chemotherapy treatment or can Mm. help people with autoimmune problems or intolerances or, you know, whatever it is. So I'm not saying that there isn't some nuance and some places for people to maybe improve their eating patterns. But I really take issue with someone who's saying this cookie cutter eating pattern is exactly what you need. And it's going to cure all your ills. Right. I just, there is no such thing.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and a good example of that is like with me with di- the diabetes, right? Like you you read about diabetes online and it's like no carbs at all ever, oh, yeah. you know, like yeah, completely like uber keto, you know, like- and it's like, okay, well, like, to a degree, diabetics should be cautious about how many carbs they eat a day, right? That's a, that's a good thing. That's wise. At the same time, eating certain carbs on a regular basis helps your blood sugar, day level and keeps them from doing these wild swings. So yeah, yeah, but also no, not at all, you know? And I think that's what we (laughs) see a lot with like, like, yeah, you're kind of telling
0: the truth only you're not.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's kind of true, but you're also completely full of shit. And it's, and I think we see that a lot, especially with people trying to like manage things is it just goes to like the complete extreme with any kind of benefit of, you know, like I don't know. I can't think of another example, but just like using this example, it's like, you know, yeah. Pulling back your carbs might be a good idea if you're a diabetic, you know, um, Mm -hmm. at least to a degree, but that doesn't mean none ever by any means, because that actually can make things harder to manage. And yeah, you just, I think you see that swing a lot with, with those kind of diagnoses and answers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you might see some actual nutrient deficiencies because mm-hmm. people are eliminating yeah. entire groups of foods. So if you're not eating carbs, if you have it in your mind, I can't eat carbs. All of a sudden grains and starches are off the table altogether. Mm-hmm. So we're talking mm-hmm. no oatmeal, no quinoa, no lentils and beans. You're probably yeah. taking fruit out of your diet. And all of a sudden we start seeing that like, well, you know yeah you can get fiber from vegetables but fiber actually is a carbohydrate it's not digested the same but let's just be clear yeah. <laughs> if we're going to you know yeah. get into the nomenclature but it, people often start reducing and and completely eliminating entire food groups and then mm-hmm. we're running into well there are some vitamins and minerals that yeah you can argue like on the very molecular level sure you could get you know Vitamin C from vegetables instead of fruit, and you can get all these other nutrients, like you could fill in the gaps. But first of all, it takes a lot of attention to Mm -hmm. proper dietary building of that dietary pattern so that you do reach those nutrient goals. And secondly, there's a lot of foods that people enjoy in those groups, and you're taking the enjoyment out of it and you're convincing yourself, well, this is the right way to do it. And food should be enjoyable. Like this is, you know, we get into the the whole livable, sustainable satisfaction factor and enjoyment mm-hmm. of food. That's a really important piece. You can't just break it down into this mechanistic. Oh, you only need to get these nutrients kind of thing. Um, right. All of a sudden, when you're, when you're completely eliminating entire groups, not only are you missing out on those nutrients, but you're <clears throat> making it harder to live in that space of, um, right. you know, restriction and and going out to eat and going to parties and having friends over for dinner and mm-hmm. all of these different things that's well, what and the it's, influencers won't tell you
1: exactly yeah and it's it's this we think that health equates with like suffering and sacrifice you know <laughs> and I think it was was it Rebecca Rush so we had Rebecca Rush on an episode gosh I don't know like 20, it was 30, in 2020.
0: 40? Yeah, it was. It was, it was one a long of the earlier before. ones,
1: and I, I think it was her that said something to the effect of like, I think it was around like World War One or World War Two or something. There was like just within like even, like, like uh, artistic trends and stuff. There was a real shift towards like suffering being like the goal, and suffering being oh, shoot. I can't remember what oh, she said. Oh, I think you're talking about you Camison.
0: You're talking about that's Cody, who it was. I think that's yeah, because she was like yeah, this yeah, yeah, romanticism yeah. of suffering that we yes, put in yes. our minds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's who it was. Yeah. Um, but any this idea that like like suffering is the goal. If I'm not suffering, if this isn't difficult, if I'm not even miserable doing this, and I'm really not doing enough. And it's, I mean, I, I, I get it. I think we see that a lot. You know, I understand why it's there, but at the same time. Like, if you step back and think about that for a minute, like how, how is suffering and being miserable and like only sacrificing how, where's health in there? Mm -hmm. Like, we, we feel like these are like noble things to chase, but then when we actually chase those things, like all that brings about is just internal unhealth because if, if, if suffering is the goal and, and your marker for things going well is like suffering and misery, then you have to stay there. Like you have to in perpetuity, right? Like you got to stay yeah. there forever because you don't ever get to be happy with yourself because then you're doing it wrong. You don't ever get to enjoy the process because then you're not doing it right.
0: Yeah. And so
1: it's like this, this little cycle we get ourselves in where it's just like, we feel like we've got to be miserable. It's got to be so freaking hard you know, there can't be enjoyment. There's punishment if we do enjoy something. And it's just a yeah. cycle that just, it, it holds us down. And then if our head gets under above water, we're like, we push ourselves yeah. back down. Cause that's where we're supposed to be. You yeah. know, if, if we're you're happy, right. then
0: you're complacent and mm-hmm. you're not, you're not striving to improve or
1: yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you don't really care about yourself. It's like, yeah. wait, these things are actually a hundred percent opposite.
0: If I love myself, I'm not, I don't really care about myself. It's kind of
1: yeah. If I love weird. myself, I'm going to hate myself a whole bunch.
0: So I was. I also want to point out that you know I often hear arguments against things like the Dietary Guidelines for Americans, and the Dietary Guidelines for Americans are put out by, um, of course, government agency. This um, advisory panel that. Of, health experts that come together every 5 years and look at the research, look at dietary trends, look at disease risk factors and they basically put out this dietary guidelines for Americans which addresses the majority of the population. It does emphasize that if you're in different age groups, if you're in different health status um you know or disease states, if you are pregnant or breastfeeding, if you're a child, if you're an adult, whatever, there's there's differences depending on where you fall. But in general, there is like some very general and basic guidelines. Now, people scoff at these because it's put out by the government, number one. So it's got to be BS. Uh, yeah, exactly. But secondly, people think they're too simple. Like it's too, no, it's too easy. It, what about this? And what about that? And we all we get into this what aboutism. Mm-hmm. But I just want to point out that like, I would say 90% 5% of healthy eating can be achieved by just sticking to the basics of the dietary guidelines for Americans. So, um the I just pulled up the guide you can go to dietaryguidelines.gov and pull up the um the overview basically the consumer guide. And there's three simple ones it talks about healthy uh, following a healthy dietary pattern at every life stage. So it talks about the first six months of life after, you know, six months into that, like toddler, the toddler years, and then from, um, into childhood and adulthood, basically keeping it very, you know, maintain a healthy weight, um, eat nourishing foods, meet nutrient needs, like very basic stuff. But then it goes on. Number two is customize and enjoy nutrient dense food and beverages, to reflect personal preferences, cultural traditions, and budgetary considerations. That piece is never included in influencers or people that have the quote perfect diet for you they they never talk about like oh let's make sure that you customize it and enjoy it so that if you're hispanic you can still enjoy rice and tortillas or Mm -hmm. you know if you grew up you know abroad you can still like make all of these foods from scratch and get the right ingredients here in Mm -hmm. the u.s and it's not all pre-packaged like i mean anyway that piece i'm just like that's that's the key that they don't tell you
1: Well, yeah. And I, and I think it's, I mean, really, I think, I just think a lot of coaches are really lazy to be honest. (laughs) It's, it's just about like, I mean, you see so much cookie cutter stuff, you know, and, and I think it's definitely work. I mean, Aaron and I can both attest, like when you're individualizing things to the individual, sure. It's more work. Absolutely. Right. Like you can't just go like, here's, here's a meal plan. Follow that. Here's, you know, just your exercises that I give everybody follow that it's like you you really have to customize it to preferences to traditions to cultural you know norms and uh, and budgetary constraints all that kind of stuff but i think it's i think what a lot of people want to do is just have a thing that they can just repeatedly sell that specific thing right and mm-hmm. it, whether that's a, an approach or a meal plan or exercise program whatever and without having to customize it or change it or any way because then you can do like higher volume with lower work. Right. And um, I'm, I mean, I'm all about systems and simplifying stuff, but you you get into an unwillingness to like meet the individual. And I think you really quickly are doing a disservice to the individual. You're no longer honoring their autonomy and their individuality. You are, um, you're reinforcing this, this lie, this idea that, we have to fit ourselves into very specific nutritional guidelines versus we should build nutritional guidelines around us, you know? And Mm -hmm. so we kind of have it, it's like square pegs, round hole kind of thing, um, where we just, it it doesn't work out, you know? And so people are having to spend more money than they have or spend more time doing things than they have, or, um, not eat, you know, in traditional ways that they enjoy and that honors their heritage and all these things that they now they have to sacrifice again, right. Sacrifice and suffer yeah. for it. Um, and it's, it's again, really just, yeah. I think it's doing or them a disservice. Even
0: feel like they're doing it wrong. Like if it doesn't work yeah. out for them, all of a sudden they're like, well, I suck again. You know, <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah. Um, I also want to point out that the dietary guidelines, so the third piece of the dietary guidelines here says focus on meeting food group needs with nutrient-dense food and beverages and stay within calorie limits. Now, this is basically how I operate when I work with clients as I focus on food groups first because it's a it's a simple way it's mm-hmm. far easier than like trying to teach people like what foods have what macros and how they fit and all that stuff without doing the tracking thing and then getting down the rabbit hole which we'll talk about in a second where people become obsessive with doing it right. exactly right um basically vegetables of all types fruits grains at least half of which are whole dairy including fat free or low fat dairy protein foods oils that are healthy like vegetable oils and and oils and seafoods and nuts. So I think that again encompasses, look, include all food groups, choose these kinds of foods most Mm -hmm. often and put it together in a way that works for you. Now the whole calorie limits thing, I mean, that to me, the simplest way to do that is to really get to know your body and pay attention to your hunger and satiety cues, which is, you know, we've talked about that in other episodes. Um, we can get into that again down the road if people want to hear more about that. But, um, I would like to point out when people say, Oh, the dietary guidelines don't work. Look at how unhealthy our society is and look at how obese people are and look at how Mm. much diabetes and heart disease is growing. That's because people aren't Following the dietary guidelines. Yeah. That's the reason. It's not that the guidelines are flawed. It's that we as a society are missing the mark somehow in terms of how we implement them, how we make these foods accessible to people, how we educate people on this. And I would like to bring it full circle to say, because we keep muddling things mm-hmm. up with all of this BS about oh the perfect diet. You've got to spend all this money and hire the right person and do all yeah. this crazy shit and stand on your head when you eat. Like <laughs> God, get over it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I do want to say I really did like your impersonation of people. <laughs> I like that. Oh, voice what did that I do? Using. You're like, oh, they're so stupid. And uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs>
0: I, that was fun. I'm mean, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to listen to this because I yeah, don't remember doing uh, it. Enjoyed that.
1: I'd like, I'd like to revisit that at some point. Very, it. I open. can be a little character. A little character, you yeah. <laughs> have. <laughs>
0: um, so the last, <laughs> it was kind of
1: Napoleon Dynamite, a little bit.
0: <laughs> uh, well, Which Napoleon I enjoyed. Dynamite was filmed in in Idaho. It was. So
1: it was. Maybe I
0: have. Maybe I'm related to him. Oh heaven forbid. Okay, moving on you never know. So the last thing, and I know you wanted to talk about this This is supposed to be a mini pod, but I feel like we're going a little bit longer, but that's because it's an important topic. So last thing I wanted to bring up, and I know you wanted to talk about this too, is the risk of disordered eating that comes from people pursuing perfection with their eating. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, so disordered eating and eating disorders are different things, but they're like, they're on the same path, right? Like Mm disorder eating, very often leads itself to eating disorders and disordered eating. It's interesting because if you look at what qualifies as disordering, I wish I had this pulled up, but, um, it shoot. I wish I had this anyway. If you look at the things that classify or qualify as disordered eating, it literally, like honestly, all of them tick the boxes for what, you know, the fitness industry tells you to do how to be a healthier person, how to lose weight. It literally is like, go ahead. What do you say?
0: I have it pulled up. I have orthorexia pulled up. And I think this is going to illustrate your point beautifully. If you want me to just read through a few of these things. Okay. So just, just to clarify, orthorexia is a new term. It's not Officially recognized by the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, but it is a term that is used for people who um, become so fixated on healthy eating that they actually damage their well being. Here are some of the warning signs compulsive checking of ingredient lists and nutritional labels. Check. Yep. And increased concern about the health of ingredients. Check. Check. Yep. Cutting out an increasing number of food groups like all sugar, all carbs, all dairy, all meat, all animal products. Okay. Yep. an inability to eat anything, but a narrow group of foods that are deemed healthy or pure. Sure. We've seen that on a yep. lot of influencers channels, unusual interest in the health of what others are eating. This is a mm-hmm. big one. It's like, look at what I eat and well, uh, spending hours per day, thinking about what food might be served at upcoming events. Planning for yep. that event is one thing. But if you're obsessing over it and you can't stop Mm -hmm. thinking about it and you have to like email the caterer and find out if they use butter in there or whatever, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Showing high levels of distress when safe or healthy foods aren't available. Obsessive following of food and healthy lifestyle. They say blogs (laughs) on Twitter and Instagram, (laughs) but I would say on TikTok as well. Body image concerns may or may not be present. So there's your list, Michael take it away.
1: Yep. And I, and I found what I was talking about too. things like obsession with weight control, chronic dieting, calorie Mm -hmm. restriction, fears around food, worries about body image. Like these are all the things that diet culture, the fitness industry, all that stuff. They, they tell you to do like these, these are the, this is the way, right? Like this is how you become a healthier person. And, and I, I just think it's such an important message that the the, the perfect thing we chase, the perfect diet, the perfect plan, the perfect way to exercise, the perfect way to like go through all these lifestyle changes. What the, this industry tells us is the perfect way is like a hundred percent leading you into disordered eating and orthorexia. It's leading you into places that are so wildly unhealthy, like not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, relationally, like all the ways, because it demands that your entire life become about this thing, right? Yeah. I mean, you, ha- you you can't go to social events, right? You have to like, you, you, I mean, you have to like literally change your entire life to to meet these standards. And that's not a healthy way to go about lifestyle change. Like that's not, that's not what, what Aaron and I are talking about. We talk about lifestyle change. It's not about making, shrinking your life down to like one single solitary objective and literally almost killing yourself to get there. Like it's, uh, it's just, Uh,
0: you don't have a hat to adjust. What is happening here?
1: I know, I know. But I just (laughs) like, if you're listening to this, like, I just, I can't stress this enough. Like this is so important it is so important that that not just what we're saying right now but that you figure out how to let go of these things how to let go of these beliefs i understand why they're there i've had them too i still go back to them i you know i i mean there's times i still look in the mirror i'm like i should lose weight maybe i should cut out carbs because you've heard these messages a million times and and you're going to go back to them that's okay but it's it's so important that you look at how do i begin to let these beliefs and systems go how do i begin to look at them honestly and objectively and realize that just because i've heard these things my entire life doesn't make them true doesn't make them right doesn't make them healthy and how do you begin to break these things down i, I like this is i think some of the most important work you will ever do in your life because it literally is Like it's, it's corrupting your entire sense of self, your identity, your worth, your value, who you are in the world, what you have to offer. It, it corrupts everything. And it is so important to begin to do this work and start to chase new beliefs and healthier habits. Yeah. 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 It's, it's critical.
0: It is. And Michael and I have said this before. We'll say it again. We're in the business of helping people feel better period and that means physically of course but that also means feeling good about yourself and who you are and yeah. you know we're not we're not therapists or psychologists but it is so intertwined with the messaging we receive about yep. body size the way you eat all of a sudden like the way you eat has become this you know badge of honor mm-hmm. and this religion and you're in this camp and this belonging if you eat a yeah. certain way and what we're inviting you to do is take a look at that. How, Mm -hmm. how does your identity tie into your beliefs around food and how you eat and what that means for your physical health, what that means for your emotional health. So, um, there, there is no perfect answer and humans sort of hate that. (laughs) It's kind of bullshit. So,
1: (laughs) but there is like, there, there is, there are things that that can make, that can, I don't, I don't want to say perfect. Cause it's not perfect, but there's, there's ways things to do. Like Aaron said, like becoming honestly, just becoming aware of like your, your hunger and fullness cues that alone, like it can, can make do, a world of
0: difference. Huge. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. If you
1: know, when you're truly hungry and you know, when you're truly full, guess what? Like your body's a way better calorie counter than my fitness Pal is ever going to be. And I mean, not to mention that, like, and we may have talked about this. I can't remember, but calorie counting is pretty unreliable for a whole bunch yeah. of reasons. Like, yeah, it's kind of all over the place, but you know, what isn't unreli- unreliable your body, if, if you learn how to mm-hmm. listen to it, you know, it, yeah. it, will it, tell you, yeah, we need some food. We, we, we need this and yeah, you know, we're good. That's enough. It's telling you all the time. We just got to tap into it. And honestly, just yeah. that alone is that can make like Aaron said a world of difference. Huge.
0: And I think oh. we, we, invited you to do this on our Instagram live, but just wrapping it up here with a nice little bow. I encourage people to keep some kind of a food diary or a mm-hmm. journal that just, just about your eating experience. You don't even have to write down exactly what you ate, the amounts and count the calories and all that stuff. In fact, I think it's almost better if you don't do that and you just pay attention. Like Michael is saying to how does it feel in my body? How do I notice how I'm becoming satisfied as I eat? How do flavors influence this? How does my enjoyment that I derive from food change throughout the meal experience? All of those kinds of things, keeping sort of a diary and a narrative can really help you learn about your perfect eating pattern, the perfect eating pattern for you, you. meaning paying attention to your body. So
1: yep and it's not gonna look like anybody else's and that's the point yeah yes yeah okay
0: all right well we'll we'll be back in a couple weeks with a regular length episode although i have a mm -hmm. feeling this is gonna be border on like a standard length 40 minutes i think (laughs) it's all right i hope yep i hope y'all enjoyed it we appreciate you listeners and we'll see you again
1: soon all right take care